This is Radio Energy News. Good evening, it's a cloudy day here in Edinburgh and you're listening to Radio Energy. I'm Rose Monker bringing you the top news stories for wherever you are in Edinburgh today. I'm very glad to see that the police reacted incredibly quickly, incredibly professionally to the incident last night. A man arrested at Buckingham Palace ahead of the King's coronation. Here are some of the headlines for Wednesday the 3rd of May 2023. After throwing shotgun carriages over the palace gates, more in our Royal Roundup on the incident held earlier on today. I was able to hear the shooting. It was non-stop. It was not like one shot at a time. It was shooting without stopping. I didn't know what was happening. Nine school children found dead after a school shooting in Serbia. And the local election held tomorrow will raise the question of will the Tories survive. Stay tuned for more local and national news to come. This is Radio Energy News. Our top stories today in our Royal Roundup ahead of the King Charles's coronation on Saturday. Kian Banning, our local our Royal Roundup correspondent, has the latest stories on Buckingham Palace's security issues, protests and the public opinion on the monarchy. The coronation of King Charles III is upon us. On Saturday afternoon, Charles will be crowned King in Westminster Abbey. The 74-year-old succeeds his mother, Queen Elizabeth II, Britain's longest-serving monarch. In our final Royal Roundup ahead of the ceremony, we're bringing you the key stories on a historic event. First up... A dramatic scene unfolded late last night when a man was arrested outside Buckingham Palace after throwing shotgun shells over the fence. He was also reported to have a knife and his backpack was destroyed in a controlled explosion after he told police he should handle his backpack with care. The incident is not thought to be terror-related but a mental health incident. Security Minister Tom Tuggenhat commented on the police response. I'm very glad to see that the police reacted incredibly quickly, incredibly professionally to the incident last night. We're in no way complacent, and I'm very, very proud of the response that uh, the police have done. The intelligence services, the police and others have been working on this extremely effectively for months. Tom Tuganat also had to clarify rules around protests planned by anti-monarchy groups on Saturday after the Public Order Act came into effect. It includes penalties for locking on and interfering with key national infrastructure and processions. Republican groups have reacted angrily to a letter which outlines the new penalties, claiming it is intimidatory. The group Republic hopes up to 1,700 supporters will gather in the statue of Charles I in Trafalgar Square, holding signs up saying, Not My King. Tom Tuganat has said that anti-monarchy groups have the liberty that everyone in the UK has to protest, but what they cannot do is disturb others. King Charles was dealt a blow by a YouGov survey today, which found that 41% of Brits, or 21.8 million people, do not intend to watch the coronation. We wanted to gauge the public's opinion of the coronation, so we sent a reporter Nick Johnson out to the streets of Edinburgh to get residents' opinions. Are you going to watch the coronation this Saturday? Oh yes, I am planning towards the coronation. For me personally, my family is quite royalist and it's quite an important event regardless of your opinion. No, I don't care about the King's coronation. I've heard the coronation is this Saturday but I'm, I'm not actually sure if I'll watch it because I might be quite busy this weekend but if I'm free I'd be willing to watch it because it's, it's a very big thing. Do you think the coronation is too expensive? I think that the coronation is an important event and, you know, any event which the UK hosts, whether it be the Olympics or, you know, the Eurovision, there's a lot of money put into it to try and make it the best and showcase what, like, the best of Britain is and stuff like that. So the event itself probably isn't too expensive. Definitely. They should definitely be paying this money to starving kids. The coronations, obviously, is a very big event and I feel like uh, it's, uh, it's valuable for the culture, for our country and our identity, but... With the way that the economic state's going, with uh, the cost of living crisis, I feel like our money could be used a lot better in uh, 
in a lot more valuable ways. So what are your overall opinions on the coronation? We are the lowest performing G9 country and any business or any tourism that we can get from this is probably a good thing. So, you know, the, the coronation has that good aspect economically. Um, domestically, it's, it's tricky. I don't think we'll know the response until after the coronation. The King will also serve as Head of State for the Commonwealth, so we spoke to Elizabeth from Canada, who shared her views on the weekend's event. Not the best, especially coming after Queen Elizabeth II. We quite enjoyed, uh, not enjoyed, we quite respected her very strong handle over her reign and the way that she led affairs. And to be honest, with our very limited knowledge of the, of the reigning family, we are unsure if Charles' temperament is fit to lead for it as a king. I think it's just a day-to-day. I don't think that there is a very... They're putting a lot of importance to the coronation, to be honest. I don't think it's what it used to be, especially with a new king that is, let's just say, quite older and not very representative of the younger generations. I don't think any... The younger generation is going to find a lot of understanding or find a common footing with the king or find themselves in the king or find something in common with the monarchy, especially now that the king is very, very old. We learned from a very... That's all from the final Royal Roundup. Security is tight and opinions are divided, but the world will be watching as King Charles is crowned king. We have loved bringing you the big stories out of the coronation and hope you enjoy Saturday's event. And it was good to hear from the people of Edinburgh on ahead their thoughts of the... the coronation on Saturday. That was Kian Banning with our Royal Roundup. The time is 5.16 if you're just tuning in and here are local headlines for Edinburgh today. RAF fighter jets have been sent off to see Russian fighters and a special dispensions for Edinburgh drivers will be removed. Over to Alex Bloor, our local news reporter, for more details. RAF fighter jets need, had to be scrambled off the north coast of Scotland after a Russian military plane was seen operating close to the UK airspace. The Typhoon fighters left from RAF Lossiemouth to intercept the Russian aircraft. The Russian plane was approaching the north of Scotland and was flying in international airspace over the Norwegian Sea and North Atlantic Ocean. Both the UK Typhoon jets and the Norwegian F-35A fighter aircraft were launched as part of a NATO response to the Russian aircraft uh, TU-142 Maritime Patrol aircraft. The Air Force confirmed that at no point did the Russian aircraft enter UK sovereign airspace. Edinburgh City Council have said they will be removing special dispensations that have been in place since the pandemic that allowed the city centre permit holders to park in pay and display bays. Permit holders in city centre zones are set to lose the right to to pay uh, pay and display slots under new plans by Edinburgh City Council. The council have begun issuing letters to motorists, warning them against parking in pay and display spots, and have said they could be fined or have their cars towed in future if they fail to abide by the new rules. We spoke to Ian Campbell, a local resident and driver in the city centre, about the new regulations. I disagree with it entirely because they've not really made any provision for people um, with cars. And even though I'm disabled, I, 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 it makes my life easier. But if I wasn't, it would be horrendous. You know, I can't park anywhere in Leith, uh, places, areas like that. I can't park anywhere in Gork. Anywhere we can park cars, absolutely impossible to park. And it's very, very expensive. 
and in order to buy provisions and services, you need a car still in this day and age, and have not taken that into account. A reckless East Lothian man films himself pushing a white van into a local harbour. The astonishing moment was filmed by the perpetrator himself as he pushed the van over the edge of Cockenzie Harbour. The act caused significant damage to the roof, bonnet and windscreen. This act comes after a spate of vandalism and break-ins on West Harbour Road in Cockenzie. Police believe all the incidents are connected. <laughs> And that was some audio taken from the footage of the crime itself. The clip can be found online on all major news sites. Tomorrow, the 4th of May, England local council elections are open in the race for more seats that seems to be the Labour Party versus the Conservative Party. There are 230 councils where over 8,000 seats will be contested. There will also be mayoral elections conducted in Bedford, Leicestershire, Mansfield and Middlesbrough. Charlotte Bruce reports on the election background and predictions. These elections are very important to test the Conservative Party and Prime Minister Sunak before the general election that will take place this year. This election will be responsible for choosing who oversees the public services and how they will run. Therefore, many are interested to see how this election plays out due to there being many protests and strikes this past year. Local government and elections are extremely important for the public. In England, in 2028 to 2021, it was reported that 14% of public service spending was through local governments. In parts of England, in 2019 English Council elections, the Conservatives had lost over 13,000 seats. Meanwhile, Labour lost 82 seats. Opinion polls do show that the Conservatives may be in a slightly better position than they were in 2019. The number 10 House policies leading to haste, the hasty resignation of many Conservative members of Parliament. Along with the recent Partygate scandal, there was a significant doubt in the current government's ability. Although polls show Labour is currently 17 points ahead with only a day to go, their history in local elections has been disappointing over the past 10 years. So there are a lot of discussions whether or not they will succeed. There's a lot of talk about the Tories losing seats. What's your opinions on that? Yeah, so the Conservatives could lose a third of their seats and could lose control of over half of their councils if their vote doesn't go their way. Um, This could happen, I think, mainly because of the way the party handled everything during COVID and the party gate. Um, A few dates that might come to people's mind. On the 15th of May, they had the cheese and wine at Downing Street. The rules for everyone else was not to leave the house without a reasonable excuse. Then we had the 19th of June, the Prime Minister's party, which was pretty big as the rule still was banned. People were banned inside with gatherings. And then there was just a real lack of trust now, however, financially with the SNP, which has kind of taken the way, obviously that's not like going to impact England much but that's taking a real front page for the media so that might help in the Tories favour with the whole distrust um, but yeah I think just so many were scunnered um, by the parties and the handlings with the Tories so I think many might have a few changes of their mind. Yeah so you kind of just explained it there a wee bit but um, what factors do you think are affecting the party's popularity? I think there's a lot, they don't have the young people um, on board um, just with previous outdated opinions on the LGBTQ plus rights and previous racism claimed as well with five Tories councillors they were actually suspended in April this year however 
most people in England do vote Conservatives looking at charts. It's a vast area to cover to change so many's mind um but also with it being age 18 for people to vote in england and not 16 mm-hmm. it might not be the young people might not have like it might not be as big of an impact as people think but it will be very telling tomorrow to see what they all what they all go out and act and do thank you charlotte and liam yinson for speaking to political expert emma lato on the long-standing conservative versus labor battle for more in-depth discussion, you can find Esme Anderson, Nur Manoir and Emma Lato again on our political podcast. It, a nine, eight children and one security guard were killed in a school shooting in a Serban elementary school in the capital of Belgrade. A 13-year-old boy from the school has been arrested following the attack. Julie Weatherstone has more. At 8.40am in Belgrade, Serbia, a student opened fire in a history classroom of an elementary school. Serbian authorities have revealed that the weapon used in the deadly shooting belonged to the suspect's father. The Serbian Ministry of International Affairs said that they were informed that a school shooting had taken place at the Vladislav Ribnakar Elementary School, located in an upscale area of the Serbian capital. Pupils at the school have described being in real fear during the attack. This pupil describes what she heard. I was downstairs. We had sports class downstairs. I was able to hear the shooting. It was non-stop. It was not like one shot at a time. It was shooting without stopping. I didn't know what was happening. It has been announced at a news conference by Belgrade's police chief, Veselin Milic, that the suspect called authorities himself. Milic stated that during the call, the suspect told authorities what he had done and waited in the schoolyard to be arrested. It was also announced that the suspect had been planning the attack for a month and had a list of targets. Serbia has one of the highest gun ownership rates in the world. A survey has shown that on average there are 39.1 guns per every 100 people, behind the US, which have 120 guns per 100 people. Serbian authorities have issued multiple amnesties for owners to hand over illegal guns. However, experts have repeatedly warned about the danger of hundreds of thousands of illegal weapons left in the region following various wars and incidents of civil unrest in the 1990s. Alexander Miladinovic spoke to the BBC this morning following the attack. This is basically the first uh, event of this kind uh, in Serbia and in the Balkans. However, the problem of uh, weapons and uh, arms that are uh, still uh, somewhere in the houses of people in the Balkans is big after the wars in the 90s. Since the 1996 attack on Dunblane Primary School in Scotland, there have been 16 school shootings across the continent, 10 of those having taken place since 2012. According to the Associated Press, the suspect used his father's handgun in the attacks. The weapon was licensed and kept in a safe, however it was believed that the suspect knew the code. The suspect's father has also been arrested. Although 70% of parents reported that their children could not independently access a household firearm, a study conducted by researchers at Northeastern University in America indicated that a third of teenagers could access a firearm in their house within five minutes. The Serbian government has declared a three-day mourning, which will commence on Friday. Thank you, Juliet. And from all of us here at Radio Energy, we are sending our deepest condolences to all those affected by the tragic shooting. Now, the latest sport highlights on Radio Energy. It's been a busy week here for sport, with British Cycling looking to ban transgender athletes from sport. A win from Arsenal as they beat Chelsea and the continuation of women's football scrim- Scottish Premiership. Over to Luca Duvalls with more. There is controversy in British cycling as the governing body is considering banning transgender athletes from elite competition. This has come in the wake of Austin Kilt's win at the Tour de Gila on Sunday. 
She became the first female to male to female competitor to win a UCI women's stage race. British Cycling have declined to comment on the matter. In football, Arsenal returned to the top of the Premier League last night, overtaking Manchester City after comfortably sweeping aside London rivals Chelsea 3-1. The result leaves Chelsea with six straight losses, and with the pressure mounting on manager Frank Lampard, he looks highlight he highlighted the confidence issues surrounding the players. Maybe it doesn't even matter what the, what the core reason is, because the only thing that will get you out of it is working hard and understanding the things to do. And at the minute, we're a team that's a little bit conditioned in a way, but makes us pretty nice to play against. And that's what a Chelsea team hasn't been in recent years, and that's what will have to change. In women's football, there's plenty of action in the Women's Scottish Premiership tonight. Most notably, Hibernian women face off against league leaders Glasgow City. Ahead of tonight's fierce encounter, Hibernian fullback Shannon Leishman has relished the thought of playing against their old rivals. It's always massive. I think if you ask anyone that's been around Hibs a long time, they'll say, what team do you want to beat? They'll always say City, City of Hearts. But City's always massive for Hibs and it's always a team where it's always been tightly run. It's always been tight games. It's always been a fixture that everyone looks forward to and it's always something on the cards that when they come out, you look to see where the fixtures are. In tennis, the UK number one Cameron Norrie has crashed out of the Madrid Open after losing to world number 99 Zhang Zhen. Zhang came back from a set down to win 3-1 in an impressive display as Norrie's poor run of form continues. Thank you, Luca. We'll be following the updates on British Cycling's statement on transgender athletes in the upcoming weeks. And for our sports fans listening, head over to our sports podcast held by Andrew Morrison, Adam Belosco and Callum Duncan for more discussions on sport. And finally, our reporter Anna Mihalova went down to Grass Market's community project to find out about tonight's screening of a film, A Bunch of Amateurs. Tonight at 7pm, the Grass Market Community Picture House is hosting their weekly film screening to its community and supporters free of charge. Today they are showing a bunch of amateurs, a heartwarming documentary about the oldest filmmaking club in Britain, established in 1934 in Bradford. The film is about a community of people, their traditions and approach to filmmaking. We got to talk to the service manager at the Grass Market Community Project, Perry O'Bray, about tonight's screening. It's made by someone called Kim Hopkins and it's apparently it's hilarious. So lots of cinemas, people can't afford it. As you know, there's a barrier to people getting in, so our our picture house is accessible to everyone, physically and, you know, financially. And we um have a team of people who choose a kind of varied programme of films each year. So we've we have big films, big blockbusters like June and um The Fablemans coming out soon. But we also show things that interest us. So we love, you know, communities, the idea of community. So that's kind of what we're interested in is how they form that and how they continue it. The Grass Market Community Project is a charity providing a unique blend of support and nurture to people who feel disadvantaged and marginalised. The Grass Market Community Project, which is a social enterprise-based charity supporting vulnerable adults in and around Edinburgh to access activities, opportunities and support. Um, We support anyone who comes to us, we've got an open referral, so we support people with disabilities, um, experiences of trauma, people might have come to the city or the country for the first time, they might be isolated. We got to talk to Young People's Engagement Officer Derek King to learn more about how tonight's screening was selected. So we do, uh, we use it as an engagement tool as well. So for example, most of the films our young people have chosen are action films or superhero films. So we've really taken that theme and applied it to 
other activity groups or other things that we do. Established in 2009, Grass Market Community Project has been developed in partnership with Greyfriars Kirk and the Grass Market Mission. Here's Perry again with more on what the charity does. Um, so we're we're not particularly looking at the kind of pigeonhole of the person. What we're looking at is their strengths and their skills, that our value base is that everyone coming into our community offers us as a community something positive. So we're looking at the strengths and the skills of people and lots of our members and volunteers help deliver our activities and classes. So each week we have uh, lots of different things going on each day of the week. We've got art classes, IT skills, literacy classes, uh, young member specific stuff. We've got an LGBT plus group. We've got a wood workshop. There is an on-site cafe where the proceeds of every purchase go towards helping the community. So feel free to head down yourself and grab a coffee and a cake before tonight's screening. Thank you, Anna. An interesting opportunity held later on today. So make sure to get yourself down there if that sounds like your kind of thing. This is Radio Energy. Travel. An accident on the A86, new to more to Drumcask, a queue on the M8 Junction, Junction 25 to Junction 24, and another queue on the Edinburgh City Bypass, Miller Hill Junction. Approach all with caution. Now, the weather on Radio Energy. Today's weather here in Edinburgh, not much of a sunny May day just yet, but with rather cloudy conditions, a 20% chance of rain and highs of 11 degrees. Those were the top news stories for this hour. Once again, I'm Rose Monker, and thank you for listening to Radio Energy.